One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Risk is good. Risk is part of the business. And if a show wants to succeed, they have to keep switching things up because if you stagnate, you're just going to get boring. I'm Sean Ferrick for Who Culture, and here are 10 Doctor Who episodes that took risks and failed. Number 10. Shaky Found Footage. Sleep No More was an obvious attempt at trying to get in on the found footage craze of the noughties, even if the show wasn't truly ready for what they were attempting here. Written in the style of a Blair Witch or a Wreck type monster movie, the episode just seems a bit silly. Moffat's era of Doctor Who introduced some fantastic baddies to the canon. The Weeping Angels, the Silence, the Whispermen and the Vashti Narada are all memorable and frightening beasts that stick in the mind. The monster that lives in the gunk at the edge of your eye, less so. Unfortunately, while Mark Gattis is an excellent addition to the franchise when he started working with Davies, some of his scripts have have been a little underwhelming. This is true with Sleep No More as well. Perhaps it was simply the format that didn't work or the characters who weren't memorable. Either way, plenty of Zeds were caught during this one. Number 9. The Doctor's Obsessions Lead Them to Murder when did the Doctor start to murder people? No, not arranging them to kill themselves or destroy the ships they were on, but aim a gun at a person who'd done them no wrong and pulled the trigger. Let us ask the General, shall we? Peter Capaldi's first two years were bogged down by his relationship with Jenna Coleman. Clara, as a character, simply just didn't work, while Coleman herself was wonderfully fun to watch on the show. However, fun and charming as she was, having the Doctor turn into a murderer on the off chance that it could save her life truly didn't work. Hellbent, season 9's finale, was a poor follow-up to the outstanding episode Heaven Sent. While Capaldi's 12th Doctor obviously had a passionate drive to save his best friend, far too many lines were crossed in the underwhelming coda to their time together. Erasing Clara from the Doctor's memory, while playing for the emotion of it all, seemed like a poor attempt to force an ending that would see her live and continue to have adventures. Flying off in a TARDIS shaped like a diner? Sure, why not? Murdering a Time Lord for a lost cause? Yet maybe let's not? Number 8. Domestic Abuse Lost in Olympic Baiting the episode that was created as something of a teaser for the London 2012 Olympics was also Doctor Who's attempt to depict domestic abuse and PTSD and despite a valiant effort, the whole affair comes across as a little juvenile at this stage. Chloe Webber has the power to use her drawings to confine the things that she finds frightening thanks to an alien traveller who only wants to help. The Doctor themselves is trapped in one of these drawings, something that feels a little reductive when one considers the power of the TARDIS as well. One of Chloe's drawings is a representation of her abusive father, trapped in an upstairs wardrobe, terrifying her beyond belief. The resolution to this is heartwarming, though it all feels a bit light. Having the Doctor carry the Olympic torch at the episode's end only serves to show that, for all of the talk about dealing with domestic abuse, it really was just about including the franchise and the legacy of the games themselves. Number 7. Stunt Casting for Charity 
To be very fair, stunt casting, as a rule, is not a massive issue in Doctor Who. Actors who have both had and would go on to have, which we realise doesn't qualify as stunt casting at the time, but still, great careers have truly paid off. Peter Kay's name is conspicuously absent here, thus leading to this entry. Love and Monsters was a script born from good intentions, including an alien designed by a child for a competition for Blue Peter. The Absorbaloff is about as intimidating as the name suggests, though it's not purely this creature's fault that the episode lands here. The entire affair feels like it should have been a special for children in need. There's nothing wrong with this, Time Crash is as valid an episode like any other, yet it does feel slightly off. It would serve as the first Doctor Light episode, though thankfully it didn't kill the idea. The next episode with that theme was Blink. Having Peter Kay appear could and should have been a way to introduce side-splitting comedy with his natural humour easily outmatching Tenants or Pipers. Instead, it's gone down in history as that time Kay got dressed up like a snot and a man had an affair with a paving slab. Number 6. The Smarties Daleks Victory of the Daleks brought the Doctor's arch-nemeses back in spectacular fashion after their last appearance during the events of the Stolen Earth and Journey's End. However, there was a crucial difference in the beginning. Amy Pond doesn't recognise them, despite having lived through a Dalek invasion. This was one of the first big clues to the cracks in time and space, though the Daleks that were introduced in this episode were a swing and a miss. Stephen Moffat attempted a complete redesign of these creatures, separating them by colour. It was supposed to make them easily distinguishable, yet instead it served to disappoint audiences and felt like an obvious attempt to wipe away the Davies-era creatures. It is telling that these multicoloured Daleks didn't last long in the series. They reappear in the big finale, then vanish. When they return, it's in the classic configuration in Asylum of the Daleks. This quite obviously came across as the show's attempt to retcon this change, with the writers having clearly heard the outcry from the audiences who hated the design. There is something to be said for making a change and taking a chance, but this one fell at the first hurdle. Number 5. An American Doctor Who with the greatest of respect to the American audiences who've helped Doctor Who become the enormous success it is now, particularly since the era of Matt Smith, the first attempt to bring it to the US failed abysmally, despite cast and crew throwing everything in the kitchen sink at it. Paul McGann's first outing as the Time Lord was marred by a network feeling that it made it seem like more like an episode of Dynasty than Doctor Who, including the flirting between the Doctor and Grace Holloway. This would be far from the last time the Doctor would get caught in a love-crush situation, yet as the first example it felt off. Many things have been said about the inclusion of and subsequent silence about the Doctor's half-human heritage, which despite being an attempt to change the show itself, it was reviled by audiences. The higher budget on display does give the project a high-quality shine, though McGann's heavy overacting during his regeneration brings it all down again. The TV movie may have been an attempt to include the melodrama of US soaps that only proved that Doctor Who did not suit that format at all. Number 4. Doctor Who The First Avenger the return of Doctor Mysterio, the glorious and long-awaited entry by the franchise to the MCU, was critical in understanding Thanos' plans for the Infinity Stones and his blueprints for the universe in the aftermath of using the glove. Although the above is total nonsense, this Christmas special was a painfully obvious attempt to get in on the superhero craze that had dominated cinema from roughly 2008 to 2019, which is before one even begins to consider X-Men, Batman and the Christopher Reeve Superman films. There is a wafer-thin plot that allows the show to create their own Superman Clark Kent, which is more painful for how clearly it is the Man of Steel. The idea of a human taking up the role as a masked vigilante is absolutely fine, as it's attempting to bring an ever-changing franchise into that same formula as well. However, perhaps it would have worked slightly better had Doctor Mysterio been paired up with the sarcastic 10th Doctor or the fumbling 11th. The ever-grumpy 12th Doctor served only to highlight how strangely off everything was. Frankly, there was very little super about this hero. Number 3. ENOUGH of these MFing dinosaurs on this MFing spaceship. 
Similar to the previous entry, Doctor Who attempted to get in on another cinematic craze by including dinosaurs in the second episode of the seventh season. David Bradley would become best known in the franchise for playing the first Doctor alongside Peter Capaldi's twelfth in the latter's finale episode, yet here he appears as a different man entirely, one who's a far cry from the kindly Time Lord. Solomon is a thoroughly unpleasant man who pilots a ship that contains specimens from across time, echoing shades of Walter Frey rather than a benevolent older traveller. The Doctor opens up some of his cages to find a Triceratops. While allowance must be made for Saturday evening TV budgets, it does not look amazing. There are good parts to the story itself, including the introduction of Mark Williams as Rory's dad, Brian, but the dinosaurs themselves, realised by CGI as a flashy attempt to win fans of Jurassic Park to the franchise, let the episode down and, despite the title, play very little part of the overall plot. Number 2. The Impossible Girl at the Grave of the Doctor, and also John Hurt. Arguably, all of Clara Oswald's episodes were building toward the massive reveal that she'd been split into multiple versions of herself dotted throughout the Doctor's timeline. By stepping into the scar of the Doctor's actions through time, she should have died. In fact, there's a huge song and dance about it. However, virtually nothing happens. The episode opens with one of the strongest cold openings in the revival era, shocking audiences with the reveal of Gallifrey, along with Clara interacting with the first Doctor, followed by all of the rest. It leaves the audience salivating before petering out as the episode goes on. The monumental twist of the Doctor's grave being located on Trenzalore should have been much more of an impact on the franchise. Added to this, the revelation of why Clara was the impossible girl should have been a deeper cut. However, the episode throws away the Doctor's burial site, Clara's sacrifice rings hollow when she is saved mere moments later, the last conversation between River and the Doctor, while beautifully shot, seems slotted into an otherwise thin story. On top of all of this, the title card that appears beside John Hurt in the final moments just screamed of trying to make the audience's jaws drop, rather than serving the plot. Number 1. Treat Even the Bugs with Kindness this episode from the 13th Doctor's first season was a mix between a horror story and a message about environmentalism, with a healthy dose of anti-Trump propaganda thrown in for good measure. While it was a valiant effort at using a commonly feared creature to unify the team, the idea of giant spiders simply wasn't enough. The episode was supposed to be focused on the decision for Ryan, Yaz and Graham to join the TARDIS full-time, before getting bogged down in a very muddled script. Chris Noth is a highly stereotypical as Jack Robertson, the American businessman who hasn't to care about the damage he's visiting on the world. There was simply no way for his character not to be compared to Donald Trump, which made this attempt at a pro-environment, anti-capitalist episode a bit too on the nose at the time. While the character's return and resolution of the Daleks would be slightly better received, everything about this first episode was too heavy-handed, too obvious, and too much of a deviation from the entertainment that the show was famous for. While Jodie Whittaker has been excellent as the latest incarnation as the Time Lord, episodes like this did her no favours in her first few stories. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 